Hello and welcome to How to Win the Lottery Season 2, Episode 9, Loner by Teddy Wayne. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm the man called Shreds. Hi, Shreds. Welcome back to this podcast. We are talking about Teddy Wayne 1999 on Twitter, at Teddy Wayne 1999. Just love that handle. This is a creepy book. Loner is the name of the book. I don't Loner. think you said I, I said Loner by Teddy Wayne. It's creepy by design. Yeah. Um, it, it reads like a thriller, right? Like a psychological thriller. Like um, the main character, uh, David Fetterman, Faderman. Faderman. David Faderman could be like a Thomas Harris character. Is like Red Dragon? That's the... Yeah. Yeah. So this is a book about a entering a rising freshman class at Harvard University where David Faderman on the, the first day of school sees the most beautiful girl he's ever seen and becomes obsessed with her and stalks her to the end of the book, dating her roommate to get closer to her and basically being cringe and also just predatory in just about every way. It's a very short book and I had to like pace myself to not like I, I you said that like Egg finished it before I even started because like I think you could probably read this in like two hours. Like, I, I think I finished it in two days, two sittings. Yeah. I sort of have to pace myself because I'm like, I, I want to just enjoy this. I mean, I, I don't know if enjoy it is the right phrase, but like it goes down very easy, especially after Giles and Endzone. Yeah. Endzone I love, but Endzone's still also like a little bit, you know. It's tenser. Yeah. This is just like, ay, ay, ay. Yeah. Like, it's like a 90s thriller. It is. It really, it really, it reads like a, you know, a Dean Koontz book or something like that. Yeah. Or Thomas Harris is the example I gave before. Um, but like what's interesting about it is that it is. I, I don't want to say that it's a slow burn because you know from the beginning that this kid is is unlikable. Yeah. Right? Like, you texted me two chapters in and said, like, this guy's terrible. I hate him. Yep. Um, because he has a very condescending attitude towards his parents. Toward everyone. Towards his, uh, like, his roommate, who seems like a perfectly nice guy that likes magic and is a bit of a physics dork, to the, the group of friends that immediately absorbs him immediately like says like let's hang out let's be cool we're matthew's marauders because i guess matthew's matthew's hall they live in matthew's hall yeah and so they they're um he doesn't want to be associated with these people because they're dorks which he is too and he like i think rightly identifies but wrongly reacts to that these are all the kids who had no friends in high school and they're like we're gonna fix that and he's the same way but ref- but still refuses that. Like, I don't want to be part of that. Well, because he thinks that he is a, um, you know, like, there's that joke about, like, capitalism thrives in America because everyone believes that they're temporarily embarrassed millionaires, right? So so they, like, the, the working class fights for the rights of the, the ownership class because they believe that they will one day be ownership class. So this guy, he believes that he's a incredibly charismatic funny uh popular kids that who has been wronged and that he's only like being seen as this nerd because of like circumstance when the reality is that like he's not even a nerd because those other kids are like those other kids are nerds but like they're all nice and likable and kind and seem like yeah dorks but like I would totally be friends with all those kids. They, I would, you know, no problem. Right. And they're nice enough to include David, even though they're just like, they probably also recognize that he's sort of terrible. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the whole, the way the novel is written, it's in second person, I guess, because he's narrating it to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's first person slash second person because it's... Right. And so you find out there's there's kind of like a messy, I think it's like a weird, because in the opening chapter for second chapter or whatever, they're like at like this freshman caucus or whatever. And they're just like, he's like, Sarah comes over and he's like, then I saw her. Then you were there or whatever. I'm like, Sarah? I'm like, no, it's somebody different. Mm-hmm. Like there's Sarah who walks away who he eventually dates, but then there's you. And weirdly, maybe not weirdly, have you watched or are you familiar with the Netflix TV series You? No. Do you know what it's, you know what it's about at all or no? It's this, essentially, okay. that there's this guy who, like, sees a woman that he becomes obsessed with and then finds out that she has a boyfriend, just like, I need to figure out how to get around that. And, like, it's kind of like, it started, I think, on, like, Lifetime or something, and now it moved to Netflix, so, like, it got a little bit more, like, violent and stuff, but, like, 
it's this. It's an obsessive stalker mm-hmm. using social media to like get inside the mind and present himself as the perfect boyfriend, even though he's a sociopath. Yeah. And it's all narrated and he's talking to you. And so like it's the same thing. And this came out before. So I wonder if that was an if this was an inspiration to that. Maybe, yeah. I think by the end I I don't know if it's fair to say I think that David might be autistic because he he doesn't have emotions. He doesn't have feelings. He might just be a sociopath. And it feels like he tries to be contrite and tries to apologize, but we find that that's just manipulation. He's yeah, just... he's not trying. He's not apologetic for anything. Yeah. She, cor- uh, Sarah, correctly... The dork, his girlfriend. Yeah, co- correctly recognizes that he is incapable of human connection. Right. Um, and he believes that he is capable of human connection because he believes that he has this deep connection with Veronica. Yeah. In the ultimate twist of the book, should we get to that? No, or no, no, not yet. Don't, okay. don't get there yet. So, that's my that's my favorite part of the book. Right. Yeah. That's that's uh that's the real like. <gasps> oh my god. Right. So, the most annoying thing about David, aside from the fact that he's a predator, is he's great at English and really, and that's also like in you, the guy is a librarian or he's a he works at a bookstore. He like loves yeah. books and stuff. So it's like it's very really this because this guy like he loves reading, he loves writing. He the most annoying thing I was saying though is he inverts words. It's pretty annoying. Yeah. It's and I was also kind of bummed that like the the title loner does not spell something backwards, even though it feels like that'd be the most <laughs> obvious. Like you don't want to do that. I, I yeah, I, I'm gonna push back on the idea that he's great at English, which I think is I think he's not. I think he's like a. Well, like, he thinks he's great at English. Yeah, again, he was like you know he had that glowing letter of recommendation from his high school teacher, but it's like we don't know the context of his high school. Um, we and also, letters of recommendation probably people inflate the truth. A yeah, lot yeah, too. exactly. And when we learn later on about him, like uh, the things that he does submit, um, at first we think that maybe he is smart because he says that smart thing about um, Ahab's uh, uh, leg, Ahab's wound being representative of like masculinity, yeah, masculinity, etc. And his teacher praises him Dick, on it. Yeah, but like immediately. He conflates that with like, oh, this teacher thinks that I'm the smartest person at Harvard. I'm one of the top English students at Harvard. Like he says that once or twice. And and he refers to that teacher as the most important teacher at Harvard. And And because he's at Harvard, the most important teacher in the country. Yeah. So he like he immediately like views himself as this person that has like an incredibly high intellectual standing because he's been complimented once in class by a teacher. And so uses that to try to make himself more appealing, make himself, provides an in for him to study with Veronica, who is a girl that is in that class with him. He's only in that class because Harvard has this thing, which I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that they is did. Is this real? I don't know. I, I don't, I assume it is because there is in the acknowledgement sections, there's a part where he's, he's like, this person gave me all the information about Harvard. Um, but apparently the first week of Harvard, you just walk around and sample classes and decide whether or not, like, what classes you're going to take and what classes you're not going to take. Um, and so he follows Veronica to every single class she goes to and tries to take all of them, but gets kicked out of one that she, like, had reserved this, like, 12-person female-only or whatever. Well, it's, no, it's not a female-only class, but it's, it's a class on feminism. The way he describes it, it's like 11 women and one flaming, I think is his word, yeah. man. And that's it. Like, yeah, it because just... also throughout the text we get these, over and over again, he's prejudiced in various ways towards people. I do want to. It doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about now, but I do want to mention from New Jersey. Shout out New Jersey. Shout out Chris Christie. What up? <laughs> it's not. The, and uh, again, like we talked about this a little bit in comparison with uh, the Virgins, which um, this book is very reminiscent of, but more he's more involved. Yeah, it's a real double double feature, right? Um, he he. David Faderman is very similar to Bruce Bennett Jones in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, number one in that, he seems to be narrating a story to an audience of some kind. Which I thought would be an audience of one that he had kidnapped and bound Veronica and was like, this is how much I love you. Look at all these things I did. Yeah. Which right. is not what happens. No, but I think, that that's, I think that's a realistic way to think of think of it. Um, but he's similar to Bruce Bennett Jones in that his, 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 like, we're getting his fantastical take on these things. Yeah. I trust David's take on it to be the accurate take because he, as he narrates, he, even if he's making, I don't, I don't think he's making things up because everything that he says he thinks doesn't make him look bad, but it actually makes him look terrible. Right. And I think that there's no, there are no like artificial end of chapter, like cliffhangers. Mm-hmm. And every time... 
Veronica blows him off. He's like, I'm going to show her. And then she, like, texts him or emails him. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, like, she, it's it's very clear in the book that she is creeped out by him. Yeah. And leading him on for some extent, maybe to get help or just because she's nice and she's afraid to, like. Not even nice. At some point, it seems like she leads him on. Um, She's not leading him on. She's. She's afraid to confront him. She's doing the work to get herself not murdered by him. Or, right. Or to, Which to, is very to like sad. Make him seem like some, make him, let him go in a way that doesn't make him murder. Which from a neutral, objective, third person, third party point of view, it's like, oh no, like she's in a terrible situation and he clearly doesn't see, but like he's just like, hey man, it's working. Yeah, that's he, real cool. He's like she, she. He thinks he's her white knight. He thinks he's defending her. He Hans, Booby, baby. He comes across this idea, not not this idea, but he comes across this information that she is um, sleeping with their TA, and she's using him to provide cover as she sleeps with him she she takes pictures of them studying together and is like studying all night at the library with david faderman and then we'll post that to facebook so that people think that she's at the library with him all night while she goes and end which i was actually kind of surprised by not surprised by but i'm always like the, the thing that i'm most cognizant of in narratives like this like sort of thriller is like how aggressively are you pushing the gas pedal like how willing are you to like make your characters wait to confront someone and he realizes he's like oh my god like she's like telling the world we're hanging out and then he thinks about it for like a second she's like no she's probably using me and then he follows her and i'm like oh cool like i appreciated that like he had that moment where he's just like oh my god the girl that i'm in love with posted a picture on her facebook of me yeah. And then he's like, wait a minute. And then he like immediately goes and does something about it. Like I liked that there wasn't like three chapters of like, oh, she's so great. It's just like, no, I got it. Like I need to fix this because she's fucking me over. Oh, I see. She's in a toxic relationship. I need to save her. Right. And it's like the gas pedal that he applies is good because it gets him to the next thing. Like, oh, I have a chance to be a hero again, even though we find out later. Like he's always he's through he's viewing it through the distortive lens of. Like, he thinks that she's being manipulated and that she's in a toxic relationship. And he thinks, I'm the toxic relationship. You should be in with, You should be in a toxic relationship with me. Yeah. He's also, so, you know, Sarah is very sweet and very nice. And they're they're clearly, like, all, like, nice people, all maybe outsiders, weirdos or whatever. Sarah but, does seem annoying to me. Yeah. We'll, we'll rank her on the next Patreon episode. I don't know where. She's somewhere in the middle, probably. But... Like, one of the, the shittiest things I think he does, aside from all the actual predatory things, is he compares Sarah's surprisingly fit body to a peeled potato under her baggy clothes and just like, who are you? <laughs> like, that's just like, oh, maybe I could date Sarah. Like, she's like, she's got like a, she dresses like shit, but like, got a pretty okay body. Yeah. And he, he basically wants to be with her. Um, and he's a virgin, by the way. She's, yeah, but he tells people that he's not a virgin. Right. Um, He is with her and... He's with Sarah because Sarah is Veronica's roommate. Right. That's why he gets close to her. She she is attracted him from the beginning. I think a little bit because he wants to have sex. He wants to have sex with Veronica, but I think he also just wants to have sex. Well, he doesn't want to have sex with Veronica when he's a virgin. Right. Because he wants to, he wants when he has sex with Veronica for it to be good. And he believes that he should get some practice in before then. I keep thinking of things that are from this book, but they're actually from I Know What You Did Last Summer. And I keep wanting to bring up the fact that Allison and Lennon have sex with the same but not gonna talk about that we already talked about that we'll talk about it again not here I hope we never talk about it once I'm done with that show I'm done with it I'm not gonna ever think about it again I had run a quote I had already run a cost-benefit analysis of a sexual relationship with Sarah not only would it take me off the market but my association with her to diminish my standing in your eyes but it also meant I'll be around you much more than if I were than I would if we were platonic as I was now learning, she wasn't even letting me see her room. And I was in college. These things don't last forever. And he's just like, I'm going to take a, a stock market approach to dating this girl. And like, she, at, by the end, when they break up, just like, this ha- it's freshman year. Things happen. Yeah. People move on. But it's also like, incredibly shitty. Well, when you, I mean, you see that in The Roommate, Stephen. When Stephen breaks up with his girlfriend, he plays, what, the Willie Nelson song, It Was yeah. On My Mind, like, over and over again in the room, and he's, like, crying, and he's like, I don't think we'll ever, da-da-da-da-da. And, like, within a couple of days, he's just like, yeah, you know, it's probably better this way, and he's okay, and they're okay, they're still friends. And he's like, and the best part is it doesn't break up the friendship. Like, the friendship group, we're still good. And yeah. David's like, cool. Yeah, he doesn't care. No. He's like, can you turn down the music? Mm-hmm. 
you you wrote on Goodreads that you think this book is funny. I think it's funny, but I don't think it's laugh out laugh. I think it's just like funny in like a ooh kind of way. Oh yeah, it's funny in that in that he is consistently making a fool of himself. Right. And we and we view him making a fool of himself and we're in some ways rooting for his destruction. Um and and you know, we root for his destruction with the hopes that it's not going to destroy the people around him, which of course it does. Yeah. Well, you know, like we were saying earlier, he does this word reversal thing and he keeps doing it. And he does it for Veronica. He says her name backwards. She's like, what? He's like, that's your name backwards. He's like, like, okay. Yeah, who cares? And then when she's getting off the elevator, she goes, bye, Divad. And he goes, I can't believe she didn't remember my name. Wait a minute. She did my, she, this girl is in love with me. I'm like, you have the most boring, like it's almost a palindrome, which I think is probably why he's named that. Cause it's like the closest thing you can, you know what I mean? But like, if that's what you're impressed by, this girl could do anything. Yeah. How does she end up in his room? I don't. I don't remember how she. Oh, she goes to. Okay, so so he. You mean for the hand job? Yeah. So he tries to. Um, it's not even a hand job. He tries to. Some um, clothes. Yeah. He's like threatening her with going to the ad board to to uh, expose. Yeah, they call it, yeah. Expose her relationship to the the TA, and so he's like emailing her saying like I'm I'm writing a letter right now. So she goes down to his room. This is the only time that she ever goes to his room. She goes into his room and he realizes that she is um, manipulating him and he starts, he goes to kiss her and she winces away and he's very, he starts yelling at her. And then she, in like the only moment of the text where she is not in control of him really, is um, like she says, there's no problem. We're okay. We're fine. Don't, like, we don't need to, we, we don't need to, and he like backs her into a corner and won't let her go. Um, and he's like, I'm going to go, he's like, I wrote the email. I'm going to go press send basically. Right. Like I'm yeah. just going to like, you said you're going to take care of this. You're not taking care of this. I know that you're in trouble. I'm doing this for like, even if you don't love me, I need, you need help. And I'm right. Help but, you. but once he starts yelling at her and he's in her face, she's more physically threatened by yes. him. She's like backed against the wall. She's holding onto a picture frame, which is his roommates. It's a picture of his roommate's parents, yeah. which was on his desk or whatever, because his roommate's like, I don't want to look at them when I'm having sex, but we need to have the picture in the room or whatever. So, like, can you just have it over by you? And he's like, I guess. So, like, he's – the picture's come up before. So she rubs the picture on his dick and – Through his jeans. And he – and he, it comes. And he's just like, it's happening. Yeah. And so – and she, like, as he comes, she, like, whispers in his ear, like, you are a fucking asshole. And then she, like, runs out of the room because that's, like, her opportunity to get away. And uh, it's maybe at this point that we should talk about how David uh, gets – hard-ons when women cry and he finds and, comfort and arousal in sph small penis humiliation yeah so he's got these like um he had i don't you know i don't like i don't know what where that fetish comes from whatever or, gets you off exactly or, no I, don't, I mean not even that like i mean sure like you know i don't want to kink shame anybody but like the like something like a small penis humiliation fetish is like that seems like it's psychologically rooted in some sort of trauma sure um, so I don't know what is going on with him that caused that. I mean, it might just be the fact that he thinks that he should have had sex by now. Like the fact that he's still a virgin and embarrassed and like even his nerd of a roommate who like he's clearly cooler than and better looking than and blah, blah, blah. Even he's having sex and I'm not like there's probably just like self-hate, self-hatred, right? Yeah, which like is funny because I, I think something that the film American Pie taught us, frankly, um, but that like most people know by the time they get out of high school is that being a nerd does not prevent you from having sex. It absolutely does not. Nerds are fucking all of the time. There are sex nerds. There are nerds that are just like nerds for sex. Like it doesn't like what your interests are. That stuff does not prevent you from having sex. What prevents people from having sex is not believing that they're nerds is thinking like that the people that they should be trying to have a relationship with like exist in a different social circle than them because they fetishize that social circle because of the like social dynamics that have created a hierarchy so like these like nerds like david are like like he can't be happy with sarah because there is like a a narrative that says that Sarah is not good enough for him, even though it's only in his head. Right. Well, it's no. I mean, it's in it's like culture has put that narrative in his head. Um, like it's put that narrative in the head of a lot of men who think like 
you mean like the average white male thinking that he deserves the world? Yeah, like if you look at like Reddit, there and I, I mean, I, I've uh, I, here's a fun fact about me: I've fucking never looked at Reddit before in my life. When people send me links to Reddit, I do not read them, uh, and this is a point of pride. It's fun for it's a fun fact for no. <laughs> there's. No reason for me to not do this. I think that Reddit is a hellhole. But like I, you know, I see I see memes pop over from Reddit onto things like Twitter and stuff like that. And you're like, thankfully, I can finally look at yeah, this. Yeah, and, and but there are those memes where it's like it'll be like a picture of like Kate Upton or something, and then someone will have circled like all a bunch of minor flaws and been like two out of ten would not bang, right? Which is like a joke, funny meme. But like I think that that's like how these dudes actually yeah. move through the world, right? They believe themselves to be only deserving of the most beautiful women at Harvard or the most whatever at Harvard, um, the most desired uh, people who go to final clubs, people who go to, to all of these what things. What is a final club? It's like a frat. Okay. But like a, it's like a super elite frat that will like... Like skull and crossbones or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It'll... It, it, like if you're a member of a final club at Harvard, or I think there's eating clubs, I think is another, another one. But like it's like, a, you know, a doorway into like upper society yeah, multi-millionaire right where you do cocaine so like david's problem is is that like he he can't like he doesn't realize his lot in life he can't place himself in the proper circumstances where he would be able to have whatever kind of sex that he wanted um when he he finds sarah and he is because Sarah is very willing to have sex with him. She just wants her time because she's a virgin. She yeah, it's not even to... that long. It's like like three weeks or something Because ho- like he deflowers her on Halloween. Yeah, so they've been dating for less than two months, yeah. which is like, you're 18, dude. Deflowers her. Out. I don't know why I said that, but also like arguably rapes her because she's like, I don't, I didn't really say yes. She was he, drunk too. And he's like, she took out her tampon. Which... Well, I think, no, I think that that's the next time that they have sex. I don't think that that is uh, on Halloween. They have sex twice. Um, but so both times it was just like yeah the the not, second time he like wakes her up yeah and then, and then like kind of and he's like kind of choking her and he like is yelling because he wants he wants Veronica to hear them having sex. I love fucking you yeah and then he's like, I think and was, then he says I fucking love you yeah I think he's I mean he's having porn star sex he's having you porn like Pornhub sex right like he's like he's having the sex that he that online ready access to pornography has taught people like that's how people have sex right poisoned his brain because he has no sexual experience right right if you have no sexual experience and then you have spent years watching pornography especially the fetish pornography that he seems most um drawn to like it will like totally fucking distort you and make you make you like in in your relationships with people like not be able to connect them on an emotional level or on a you know Joey has uh, two new cats, and and that, so so there's a bunch of noise going on. It's the cats making noise, and then they just toppled something in the other room. Joey's gone into that room to fix things. I'm just here. I'm your I'm your humble servant. They call me Shred. That's the nickname that uh, I didn't give myself that nickname. I've been nicknamed that by many cool people in my area because of my abilities with things like skateboarding. <laughs> you know, I I'm a, I'm a, a bit of a talented surfer. I like surfing. I like skateboarding. I I uh, you know I have all the basically anything. If if you're in your head thinking like, what is Shred good at? Like imagine stuff that people who are cool are good at, and then that's the thing that I'm I'm also good at. So you're saying that you would totally you deserve a woman like Veronica? No, no. See, that's the thing is that Veronica. The, the 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 populace that Shred occupies is not represented in this book. There is no there, there, Shred would never apply to Harvard. There are no cool people in this book. There are only dorks and then um, rich dorks. Yeah, like if you're part of a fucking Harvard secret society, uh, this you, might this, you suck. This might get both Joey and Shred murked. But like you should fuck yourself because you're the worst thing that ever happened to America. Like this is like we we keep on um and this is like I, I think on topic for the book because it's about like and and it draw draws back to to uh, you shall know our velocity which was only like the second or third book that we read last time I think it was the third book that we read the unremarkable male yeah um Harvard is is this thing that like has taken up such a such a huge place in our society and allows completely unremarkable dorks to have such a massive amount of power which it, he uses in this book 
Yeah, for when sure. He, when he's stalking her in Manhattan, which we'll get to, but he like he's like, oh, I'm a student at Harvard, and the guy's like, okay, I guess like I can't like I I didn't go to Harvard. I guess you're better than me. So, yeah, like, yeah. It's on display here it's, already. It's, it's it's trickled into into all areas of society in a way that is really insidious. If you think about it, like um, the last uh, let's see, um, Trump, Obama, uh, Bush, Clinton, um, Bush before that, Bush. Yeah, and then Reagan did not go to an Ivy League school. But before before uh, Biden, we had five straight presidents that went to Ivy League schools. Most of them went to Harvard or Yale. Uh, Trump, of course, went to Penn. Um, some of them went to both Harvard and Yale. In the case of George W. Bush, you know, Alan Dulles, I think went to went to Princeton. There are all of these people, like like all of the people who have ruined the world. All the people who have ruined the world went to fucking Ivy League schools in America. Well, Mark Zuckerberg did not. No, he went to Harvard. Yes, famously went to Harvard. <laughs> famously, I was, I was went thinking to about Harvard. Bill Gates dropped out, but Bill Gates didn't ruin the world. I kind of did. He's 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 also like a lizard that drinks blood, which is an anti-Semitic stereotype. Bill Gates is not, you know, whatever. Right? He's he's a. Can we he, cut that out? He worships. I don't give a fuck. He worships Moloch, right? He's one of those guys that's jerking off into skulls and and like drink. Anyway, maybe you should cut this stuff out because uh, Bill Gates is going to murder me. Um, but like my, my point is that Harvard provides this um, like people who go to Harvard, people like David Faderman. And, you know, there are probably some cool people at Harvard. Um, some of my best friends went to Harvard. Um, <laughs> like me leaving the table for two minutes to tread into a whole new shred. Uh, yeah, I just did a kickflip. We're cool. No, I mean, but David Faderman, because he's been granted access to this key that essentially all you have to do is turn the key and you gain almost unlimited power, right? He doesn't see why he shouldn't have access to uh, Veronica. I think it's hard to to, to know why you should. I think, like, maybe not to, to not possessing a woman, but I feel like I don't have the, the context. I went to a state school. I, I I don't you know what I mean? But like I feel like for like I think you need a real sense of self awareness that like going to Harvard does not mean that you are entitled to things. Right. Yeah, you need you need to uh you need to be an incredibly grounded person who is already uh, you don't only have to be self aware, but you have to be aware of the, the trappings of being self aware. Right. Like, for example, he believes that he's like um you know, he's reading this Marxist revolutionary in Latin America book. Um, and he finds it interesting. Um, and he, you have, um, he, he's going to, to classes on feminism and stuff like that. And like Harvard as an institution, again, this is me just ranting against Harvard. But like the thing, the thing about these Ivy League schools is that they present things like classes on feminism and stuff like that and like, uh, provide this like social narrative that allows them to culturally enter the the minds of everyone as being these forward-thinking progressive institutions but the reality is that they're um like that is a shield to protect them from the awful things that they're doing right that is a shield that allows you to like move through it so that you can obtain the vocabulary of the progressives so that you can then you know manipulate market trends in the in 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 uh in progressive ways right yeah it's capitalism manipulating Colin Kaepernick's narrative so that they can sell socks. Yep. How does it, what does that have to do with David? I, like, he's a piece of shit, like all those people well, I was I just think, talking and, about. <laughs> and what I was saying before, like, I think that the self-awareness, like, I think, like, it's not just exclusively shitty people at Harvard who think they're entitled to things. I think probably even, like, normal people at Harvard are like, I went to Harvard. Like, what do you... Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like, they make that joke in the book that, like, you know, you can't get through a conversation with someone from Harvard without that person bringing up Harvard. They never call it college. They never call it whatever. They just say Harvard, which is like a joke about in, in, in the real world. If you run into someone from Harvard, they will mention that they went to Harvard within the first. Don't they say a school outside of Boston or no? Or is that just a joke about people who go to Harvard? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. I went to school outside of Boston. It's like, yeah, which one? Eh, you know, school. Yeah. I think there's also toward the end. So after he maybe rapes Sarah twice and they break up, and he goes back to Thanksgiving break. I think there's a couple very funny, because again, the lack of self-awareness moments and also kind of like just small town America about like 
there's a high school reunion going on right now in Applebee's, the one at the mall. It's like, yeah, there's multiple. Like, we have to clarify which one, which I think is very funny. And I also think that like when he's talking to people toward the end of the book, like he keeps like he can't even get LGBTQ right. He puts the letters out of order. He calls it like BGLTQ or something. And like, he yeah, just, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was a joke or if that was something. I think that's just him. Like, I'm trying to be because he like tries to make uh, jokes about being woke or whatever, and like. They don't, they like thud. I think he like thinks that he's with it and like hip on things, but just can't even say it right. Yeah. He makes the joke about the guy being, um, how you have to be flaming to, to be in that, uh, in that class. And then he realizes that the people that he's made the joke to are, are two gay men and his joke falls flat because they're not in on his prejudice. Right. I think a lot of what is wrong with him would be solved if he would just got out of his own head number one just like spend time talking to people because i feel like his way of having conversations is like remembering everything the person he's talking to ever said and then quoting it back to them when just to them it's just like oh yeah i don't remember i don't remember what we talked about yeah and also remembering things that other people said in other situations that were funny and then just saying that and passing it off as his own joke to other people like he makes that joke um when he's at the final club the person says the spam folder is the it of late is is the it of late capitalism and then later the matthews marauders are like that was random yeah they're just like what the fuck are you talking about because it's like uh uh, those are the kinds of jokes that certain groups make and then other groups don't make those jokes about late capitalism yep there's people who suck and there's people who don't suck right like it's just like that's not funny if you're like a normal person who's just like trying to have a college experience. Yeah. It's just if you want to become rule of the world and do cocaine. <laughs> you want to talk about the twist? Yeah. So all semester long, he's basically volunteering to write papers for Veronica because A, he loves her. B, he thinks she's dumb. And C, he thinks he's a great writer. Her being dumb is hilarious. Like the, the way that she sells her dumbness to him, like by like uh, essentially when she tries to write her own paper, it's like like an eighth grader's version of a paper she's like uh you know kind of like rolling her eyes like oh haha i'm so dumb um and then he uh follows her to her feminism feminism class and he's like hanging out outside listening to what she has to say he's just like a glass up to the door like listening yeah oh my god and she's just like has a ton of smart shit to say like is immediately like clicked in using academic language that's like you know, on uh, above his level, but like he thinks that it's like on his level. He thinks that like he's hearing hidden depths that she can't be bothered with in English class because she's not interested in English class, right? Right. That this class doesn't matter. So she's like, she's not giving it the time or the recognition or the effort that it's due. And so she's just like, yeah, it sucks, whatever. You can take it. Although in, in reality, like when when he sits next to her in class and he notes over and over again that she's paying really close attention and taking very serious notes. So she is taking English class seriously. But he's also more obsessed with the fact that, like, her elbow is kind of touching his. Yeah. So he finds out he, he wants to see, because he spent all this time on her paper, and he turns it and he gives it to her or whatever, and she doesn't thank him. And she like he wants to, like, kind of just see what's up. Like, and he, he goes and finds, he wants to run into her again, right? He was like, I need to run, I need, I need another organic moment is this before or after New York? He follows her in New York. After. He follows her in New York, which is crazy. And his mom's like, go have fun with your New York friends. He, like, follows her to a bar. He stands outside her apartment. He like, chases her in the cab. It's all incredibly creepy. Um, He shows up and he he uh, buys a bunch of drinks and then he, he just walks over to them. And they're like, whoa, what the fuck? Who, who are? Also, after he went to a store, then he bought the same sweater that she had. Which is also weird. Yeah. That's a strange thing. Getting And she's like, where'd you get that? He's like, oh, this? I got it for Christmas last year. So he, he they're like, oh, yeah, pick me up these drinks. And he, go, he goes to get drinks with them, and then they all leave. And then he sends her Facebook messages, and he emails her from his Harvard account. Harvard he's like, account. He's like, the Facebook might not be going through. Just to let you know I'm on the wall. But, like, what's important here is that, that he apparently hasn't noticed is that she has never given him her phone number. Yeah. He does not have her phone number. Right. I think there's a, a world in which his friends are like, or her friends are like, oh, it's a friend from college. And like, even if they're like, they don't like, like take a second to pick up their signs, like, don't like, this guy is weird. They may be like, oh yeah, just come hang out. Like you're a Veronica's friend from college or whatever. But I would imagine that given the twist, she's probably very proud of what she's doing. She's probably told these people exactly what it is. And then she like. Well, we know that the one, we know that Suzanne, I think is her name from her friend group at college um, seems to know because she's like, ah, the famous David. Right. 
So I think I'm, I'm like I mean her high school friends in New York. But either way, her yeah. friends know what Veronica is doing, and they bail. They 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 bail because she's like, or even if they don't know what they're what she's doing, he goes to get the drinks, and she's probably like, we have to get out of here. That guy's a fucking psycho. Yeah, and so she leaves, and a. When he comes back, he just, like, sends them a bunch of emails saying, like, hey, where are you? What the hell? And he drinks all four of their drinks and then spends the night in, like, Penn Station or whatever or Grand Central and then goes home, whatever. So the twist is he he wants to run into her one more time to get closure, essentially. He's like, how can I find her? Where can I find her? Because she moved out of her dorm. I know her schedule. Like, I know the syllabus. He still has a syllabus from all of her classes because he went to all of her classes. And he's like final papers are due i'm gonna go wait for her outside the classroom and he misses her but he finds her paper and her paper and this is the best part of the book her paper is she's she finds out that the, she's codenamed them alpha and beta which is perfect that the ta is alpha and she's no like, no, no it's not the ta that's alpha it's um it's, oh just her, the, the boy it's the other guy yeah okay that she's like you know this guy very early uh, he was into me and like i just wanted to, but i realized that he was not going to satisfy me but i just want to see like what i could like how i could fuck with him but he's like a high quality male he's someone that like he's a popular kid at harvard who's probably an athlete and or is very wealthy and like to be in a relationship with him means to have a successful future right like she she would be upwardly mobile both socially and and he's a f- senior and she's a freshman. Yep. So she's socially upwardly mobile and possibly class-wise upwardly mobile being engage- uh, being interacting with this with this alpha male. And she realizes that she does not have anybody to compare this to. She has no control basically and so she realizes when David is obsessed with her she's like, "Okay, so he's going to be beta." And which also this comes out in 2016, the year Trump gets elected and Beta's, you know, soy boy, all that sort of like it's the, the word is in the lexicon. Sure, yeah. And she's like, I want to see how how much I could use this guy who clearly wants to fuck me and I'm not going to let him. Uh, I'm just going to see how far I can get with it. Yeah. And the answer is really far. And she talks about how his papers are shitty. <laughs> and he's, and she's, like, she's like, I want to I be clear. I did not turn those in. I wrote my own papers before time. <laughs> and she's just like, his papers are using... Uh, you know, stilted language. His ideas are really like overwrought. Uh, his prose style is is very like purple. Like she's, it's brutal reading it because he, he she's like pinpointing all the things that he thinks that he's great at yep. and that he thinks he's superior to her. And she's just like, yeah, no, all of this stuff. He's ter- he's he's not even good at the things that he thinks he's good at. And then he says in the book, quote, insert an empty page for my restroom stall silence printer. And there's two blank pages, <laughs> which is very funny. Yeah. And then beta, that's all I was to you. Beta, that's all I was. And he gets real mad. Understandably so, but also he deserved it. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, uh, Veronica has now done something objectively terrible. I don't know if this is fair, but, like, maybe worse than what he's done. He's done incredibly creepy things and predatory things, but, like, this is, like, ooh, this is, like... Uh, they're both gaslighting in different ways, kind of, right? Um, to a point, to, th- to this point, you can make the argument that she's as bad as him. Yeah. Um, I guess. Uh, but maybe not, because to this point, when this happens, it's awesome. Yeah, it's you, you, like Well, because David sucks, and yeah. we've spent like 180 pages in his head, so you're just like, and we know he sucks. So you're just like, I want this guy to like uh, uh, go down. But we also know... And there's something like, again, yeah, it's manipulative and it's bad, objectively terrible, but there's also something like really funny about what she's doing. Yeah. And there, there's something that like, I no, I'm, I'm going to say she's, she's not on the same level as him as far as badness is concerned. I would hang out with Veronica. Well, because she's real hot. N- not even, forget, forget all that stuff. Like I would, like she seems... This is a funny thing to do. It's a mean thing to do. Yeah. Um, and it's something that if someone were doing it, I would be uncomfortable with it. But at the same time, it's like. I think of all the people in the book, and we will go into this on more detail in our next Patreon exclusive bonus episode, patreon.com slash lottery pod. Everybody else kind of sucks in different ways. Veronica also sucks, but she's just like a notch above the rest, right? Yeah, we're also enculturated to think of Veronica as being cool because of, because she's good she's looking and she hangs smart. out with the right people and she's smart and all of these things. So like I might be uh, falling into that trap too of like, well, it's more forgivable for her to do things like that, but she's still being a Harvard person, right? She's still yeah. – um, her teacher rejected her essay and her premise. David's like, I want closure. And for like – 
half a page, you're like, oh, closure with Sarah, because he like the first step is he wants to mend things with Sarah. He sends her like a like gen- what seems genuinely concili- conciliatory. Well, it also appears like maybe he's learned something right. from Veronica, essentially beating him up with this essay. Also, I think like you know that from the way that the narrative is written and the way he's narrating it, he's probably going to survive the narrative. So, like, he's going to make it out okay. Like, he might be in jail or something, but he's not going get, to get killed. Or, like, he's well, not going to be... There is one part that is really great. There's one part that makes you feel for him a little bit, or at least made me feel for him. And it's when he goes to the bridge where Quentin Compson kills himself in The Sound of the Fury. Um, and he calls his mom. And he's kind of crying. And she's like, what's wrong? Is it and about a girl? Dis- she's so distracted. And he's like, he's like, yeah, there's a there's a girl. And she's like, uh, d- what about this girl? And he's like, she didn't like me back. And it's like said in such a childish way that it's like rejection is, is tough. Because this is a part of the book where I thought he might kill himself. I mean, I don't think he's going to based, again, on how it's written. But like, he seems like he could kill himself. Yeah. I Like, again, I, I don't. You know, I have sympathy for these things, but like, and and rejection is tough. But like, if you're a freshman in college and you can't handle a girl saying no to you, that's on you. That's not on the girl. Right. Um. I understand that what he, that he is incredibly hurt by her paper. Like, it makes sense to be incredibly hurt by the paper. But that paper is only made. And, and okay, here's why I sympathize with Veronica in a way that I do not, don't sympathize with David. That paper is only made possible by David's shittiness. Yeah. He would not like like he's Well, only, the paper would have happened, but he would not have been part of it. Yeah, he's only a, he's only a victim in the paper because of his sense of entitlement. And I think that's one way in which like Veronica's shittiness toward Alpha reflects poorly on her i think because this is just a guy who like sucks but i don't think yeah i don't have sympathy for that guy either because he's again harvard but, rich but, I, but, guy like, with... but he in in the dynamic between the two of them between alpha and veronica i feel like veronica is the more aggressor in a way because like he just sucks but she's like i'm gonna shame this guy he sucks yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna shine a light on him it's just like i just i'm like normal sucks like i just i'm just a shitty guy like right. look around like throw a stone you could hit a guy who sucks like me but David, there's like the equal to shittiness. So I think, like, it, I don't know. Yeah. So D- David, David uh, enables the the shittiness to him. I'm victim blaming David here. David's the victim of this paper, but it's the paper. He's only a victim because he has like presented himself in a yeah. way that allows himself to be victimized. So he mends things with Sarah and he's like, I want to get back with you. And she's like, what? I need time to think about that. But he only does these things enough to like basically... So she will respond to his texts and give him kind of the information he needs. And he finds out that night or some night soon, I think it's that night or whatever, that Veronica is moving out of her room and that their friend Layla, I think, is moving into the room. But all three of them are going to be there or something. And like, he's like, I know where Veronica's going to be. Like, this is the last night I definitively know where she's going to be. And you're like, oh, no, something very bad's about to happen. Yeah. And so he uh, manipulates it in such a way that he gets a key to the room so that he or no he doesn't he she doesn't give him a key um she she gives him a key to do something and then he swaps his room key for her room key. he volunteers to help layla move in yeah because she has nobody like there's nobody around sarah's busy or whatever and he's like i can do it oh fine like i want i i so want to get back with you that i'll help your roommate your friend move in she's like really she's like, yeah okay yeah, so he gets into the room and then he he goes into Veronica's room and he gets in the closet and sits, and sits, on, the, sits on the floor for hours in total silence. He even turns off his phone um, so that there's nothing and he waits for her to come home. And then she comes home and she... Drunkenly passes out. Drunkenly passes out, at which point he rapes her. Yep. How unjust the world is that some people can buy, on consumerist impulse, silk bathrobe belts with their initials on them. And some people can buy them only without initials and some people can't buy them at all. Well, this is something that we didn't we didn't talk about the silk bathroom belt yet. He steals her belt, cuts off the monogrammed end, keeps it in his pocket, and uses the rest of the belt to jerk off. Yeah, um, and and the, it's also very funny. He tries to edge himself and can't even control himself. Just like he's that much of an incel. And the the irony of what he just said—that's a quote from him, right? Yep. Is that for Christmas he got monogrammed slippers? Yep. From his from his parents, so he's not any better than this person nope. that he is presenting as like a. Uh, totem of of what's unfair with the world that she's like so privileged that she has this silk bathroom monogrammed but he just got monogrammed slippers for for christmas and then the the book takes a a turn well while he's raping her sarah comes in and and frees her yeah and they both run out yeah 
Go ahead. And he doesn't try to run. He's just like, I'm going to just lay down in this bed because I I've did the action. I'm willing to accept the responsibility. There's for also it. part of him where he's like, I'm not going to leave a mark. I'm so in like he, he, I think as the book goes on, his self-esteem keeps taking hits in one way or another. He's just like, this guy who's not even real is remembered forever here at Harvard. Nobody's going to remember me. Nobody even knows my name. Yeah, David wasn't here is the thing that he wants to write on the on the bathroom stall. And so he's like, this is going to give me notoriety. That not only did I have sex with Veronica, but people are going to remember me for it. And so he's like, not only am I willing to take the blame, but I want to take the blame because like, I'm going to be the one who raped the hot girl at Harvard. Like, I'm going to be known internationally. Yeah, and then he doesn't take the blame for it. Well, for like two pages, he does. And it's just like the Paris tabloid says this and the London tabloid says this it becomes a sensational thing. He's like, then none of that happens. Yeah, none of that does happen because what, what happens is like the book turns towards a very depressing kind of realism, yep. which is that he says that they were having BDSM sex. Her paper is evidence that she had been manipulating him in a, in a sexual way. Sarah consented enough. And it's, it's, and, and it's also he said, she said. And sent him a text message afterwards saying that she was thinking of him in a, in a way that was not unkind. Yep. So there are all of these things that create, quote unquote, reasonable doubt in the in 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 the mind of society. Right. Which is what you know, that's the that's what rape culture is. That's the story that we that we hear over and over again. I forget what happens with Veronica. Does she stay at Harvard? I think so, because he's like he wants to bring her to court. Or he wants to, like, go on trial and, yeah. like, have her testify against him. And his parents are like, they're offering you a deal. Even if you're, like, 95% going to win, like, you can't take that chance. Like, you need to – and, like, the only thing – the only bad thing, quote, unquote, only bad thing that happens to him is he gets kicked out of Harvard. Right. And he ends up going to community college. And crushing it there because he got into Harvard. And of course, he's going to crush it at community college. Yeah. But, yeah, Veronica – like, she's never even named – He's named in the paper or whatever, but then he, at the end, I think, does the book end on him in the police car? And he, like, sits up straight, like, here, like, oh, that's David Faderman. He's the one who raped and just like No, they don't know. They, they, they don't say David Faderman. No, no, no. I know, but that's what, you, that's what he's hoping yeah, for. Yeah. And they're like, I don't know. He's just, he's just some guy who lives in the dorm. Yeah, they're like, I don't know who that is. He's, yeah. in, he's in my hall. But, like, the punishment that he, maybe the, the, the you know, this isn't, he should be in prison or whatever. Um, but the punishment that, that we, uh, see him take is he loses the the keys right that that you know earlier i said he, he has the key all he has to do is turn it and he has access to unlimited power basically um and he loses those keys he still has the power that society has given him as a upper middle class kid from new jersey um yep you know race gender demographic wise and his parents capitalism are willing wise. able to like rehouse him and still like buy him christmas presents and like yeah yeah. So he still has all that power, which is not insignificant, but he's been denied the power that, you know, like Bill Clinton has, like, because he, or, or any, any other number of all time ghoul, uh, has that, like the, the people who went to Harvard. It's been yeah. a very political episode here. You want to read Meg's email? Yeah, let's hear it. She's, she's going to spend her whole email talking about how much, uh, she loves Bill Clinton and Harvard and all those mm-hmm. things. We have an email address, lottery at cageclub.me. If you read this book or any book, write in. We'll read it in the next episode. Egg says, I'm sending this email in early to make up for the, my almost late email about Endzone. Because I was saying, <laughs> I don't remember if I said it on air or not, but I was just like, you only had like an hour before Bob got here. Shred. Before Shred got here. Yeah, fucking Shred, buddy. Also because, according to my e-reader, I finished this book in 3.9 hours. I really enjoyed it and couldn't put it down. I felt like, even though it was at times a thriller, there were moments that grounded it and made it feel so real. The Matthews Marauders, his group of friends, or sort of friends, they want to be friends, felt like they were inspired by the friends I had my freshman year of college. Most of the dialogue that the mom had in the beginning was great. Like when she's talking to Gary and then part of the way that through says green light to his dad. Meg's adding herself as a dork here, by the way. You're not a nerd, though. It's very clear that I'm not a nerd. I don't know. I, I don't nerd, know how this keeps coming up. Nerds don't do kickflips. I'm not. And nobody has ever called me a nerd. I'm obviously not a nerd. And when people do call me a nerd, I tell them immediately, I am not a nerd. If you haven't already discussed it, I'm curious how effective you both found the use of the second person perspective. As a woman who was a little reminded of a person or two she knew in college, the second person perspective was very effective and chilling. I started getting worried partway through that Veronica was captured or something, what I said, and what I thought, and Dave was taunting her with continual use of second-person perspective. 
Yeah, I, it's interesting because second person perspective is usually meant to put us in the. Uh, he's talking to us. Yeah, it, yeah. The you is usually um, like if you think of um, Bright Lights, Big City, um, it puts us in an immediately empathic position because essentially it is us dealing with all of these circumstances. We're allowed to to insert ourselves directly. In this case, it's not using it in an empathic way. It's using it in a way that is. Um, distanced uh but but i think also i don't think it's a mistake that you and meg both reacted that way thinking that he was speaking to a captive so i guess the question is and i don't know if it actually needs or has an answer but he's dictating all of this to veronica and he even he dictates part of it to a printer leave a blank space so who is he telling the story to i think he's writing he's writing their story down and he's printing it out maybe he's going to give it to her as a letter or something but his mom is like don't do that, because that is very incriminating. I like the slow reveal of the narrator going from creepy, naive boy to being a total psycho. I had a modicum of sympathy for David at the very beginning, but everything he said just ate away at it until I was rooting for him to get caught. It was interesting he framed himself as the one getting plagiarized from, parentheses, when he wrote Veronica's papers, but then there are a ton of moments where he's the one doing the plagiarism to those around him. For example, he uses what he heard in the gender studies class in order to impress Sarah. Yeah, Absolutely. That's what we said before. That's, like, a, that's a great note. It's his memory. It's just like he's he's aping people. It's, mm-hmm. it's just like J from C. Yeah, and uh, we can't talk about that here. And now. and and Sarah is like, wow, that's really insightful. And you're like, you, you don't know, usually get that from men. You, you've got hidden depths, and it's just like he's just repeating something that he heard in class, which is like largely how academia goes. She's also very activisty, which I think he looks down upon. He, she is he literally wipes his cum with like, but but she is annoying. Oh yeah, she's L- like, like the way the way that she presents the that activist stuff is is like in a way that's not meant to like. I, I I don't have the sense that there's any praxis to her activism, but that her like political positions are a way of creating an identity for herself. That um, like you never hear about her doing anything in the book. It's all it's all you know. I fear, not fear, but I think you might have a different answer to this. But if you were dating someone for like two weeks and she's like, you need to read this 500 page book on Marxism. Like, you'd be like, no, I don't think we're dating anymore. No, that's not something I, I would be fine with that. That's... I know, but you, you love Marxism and reading. So it's you're, you're not the target demo. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, I, uh, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. Like that, the, that is like a th- trying to get people to read your stuff. You're trying to get people to read books that you like when you first getting to know them is part of relationship building. I would not want to read that book. Yeah. I don't know that I actually would end up reading it, but like, I wouldn't mind someone suggesting it to me, but it's like, she does that. Like that this happens over and over again. She, she has like lots of different uh, ways that are like subtly shaming other people for right. their lack of political point of view or whatever. Yep. It was insanely satisfying to me when I got to the part where you, as the reader, realized that Veronica was playing him the whole time. And although he, quote, got away with the attempted rape on paper, attempted rape? I think it's I think it's a straight up rape. I think there's penetration. It's not. Yeah. There's a little bit of satisfaction in that he is wasting away at a community college with no real future. Who? <laughs> wow. That's real snobby, Meg. <laughs> As, as a as a community college, uh, well, I didn't graduate from community college, but I went to community college. She's an elitist nerd, is what we're finding out. <laughs> I was so glad David got a B minus on the Emily Dickinson paper about the self as Staffridge. In my notes, when it first came up, I wrote hard disagree. Oh, uh, uh, Meg is a, is an Emily Dickinson scholar. I don't know if that's something that's. Egg, come have up you before. watched the Haley Steinfeld show Dickinson on Apple TV Plus? Let me know, or let Bob know probably, and then he can tell me. I don't think that she has, but. Even though she can Instagram DM me, she sends 100% of messages to me through you, <laughs> which I don't mind. It's just weird, but it's fine. <laughs> it's not weird. Uh, whatever. This book felt like it was the same soul as The Virgins. Yes. Bruce and David are both pretty glo- gross, obsessive. Oh, gross. gross. That's fun, too. Gross, obsessive, dismissive of the people who are willing to be their friends and perpetrators of sexual assault. While Bruce succeeds in his, we get more insight into David as a character, and so, in my opinion, he comes across as more manipulative in his thoughts and actions. But which one do you guys think is worse? I do. Who do I think is worse, Bruce or David? Yeah, splitting hairs. I mean, they're they're both horrific people. Yep. Um, probably David is worse. 
I think they both suck because they're both rapists, Meg. That's where I come down on this. <laughs> Loner also yeah. kind of reminded me of the book The Silent Patient. So I'd suggest that one if you guys like this one. Do you know The Silent Patient? Don't know. That's a book I think is better to go in blind for, so that's all I'll say about that. Okay. I assumed something about someone in a hospital and they're silent. Novel by Alex Michalides. Okay. Came out in 2019. Okay. Thanks, Egg. Uh, so a brief wrap-up. Egg is a nerd and a, uh, a Elitist. snob. <laughs> and anti-women. Well, let's... Which, which rapist do you like more? <laughs> I I, I, think I hate that, them both, Meg. That's a legitimate question. I think like which it's, it's a legitimate question, but also they both suck. Which like which of them is? Um, I think David is more honest. I think David is also more realistic. I, I feel like I've known David's before, and even the things that David does that are creepy are an order of creepy that follows a path through which most of us have traveled, right? Like, like, which is to say that, like, I don't think that it's weird or uncommon, or maybe it is now. I, I don't, I don't know. I've been, it's been a while since I, but, but like, uh, uh, I, I feel like when I was in college and stuff, if you meet someone and you like them, it wasn't that weird to look at their Facebook. Like, uh, no, because I think if there's something to like, there's a there's a shorthand I think to understanding them as a person like oh I see like what they went to high school but like he probably goes all the way back like ooh bathing suit picture yes like that's like there's like a different way to like look at Facebook right but even 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 that stuff is something that I think like most people are generically familiar with because like I've had that conversation with students before the the like um the embarrassment of faving an old pic on Instagram like uh you know they they, they would tell me about like uh. You know, if you scroll back like years or something, and then Faven will pick, it's really, really bizarre. But people do that. People like look through because uh, like we're interested in other people's lives. So like David's level of stalking is, I I, th- I think that David is scarier. He's a scarier person because he's a, a person that skews a lot closer to how these things happen in real life. Bruce Bennett Jones is he, okay. I'll let you talk. He, I was gonna say Bruce Bennett Jones is written by America's second greatest writer, though. So. <laughs> We love Pamela. I think David is, I think it comes back to what we talked about on that episode and earlier here. I think because we believe this narrative, it's hard to compare the two because we don't believe the Virgin's narrative that's because true. that's yeah, yeah, so yeah. much, it's just manufactured mm-hmm. and they're both rapists. They're both terrible people. But I feel like this, we know exactly, like we're not surprised by anything in this other than the, the, the twist from Veronica, which I think is why that works so well. That like from the beginning, you're like, wait, hold on. This dude's not in the room. How does he know what's going on? Right. So, like, it's a different... It's, I, think it's, I think it's genuinely hard to compare them. They both suck, though. It's like, For sure. Do you want someone who is, like, more of an... Almost... They're both real outsiders, but I feel like Bruce is maybe even more of an outsider who's just, like, he's so in it. They're both in their head. I don't know. I David is more of a too. threat, I think. I think of David as more of a threat than Bruce. Bruce is opportunistic, but David is is, like, scheming. You want to email in lottery at cageclub.me. Did you think about casting? Think about adapt because I think oh. you could easily adapt this to a movie. Yeah, it feels it feels very easily adaptable. What if you did in the '90s with Josh Hartnett as David? No, I hate Josh Hartnett, and, and he, that guy sucks. I I try to think of people. I think the issue that we're having is always we're going to cast people who are thirty because we don't know high schoolers. Anybody from I know what you did last summer? Would they fit in here? The main uh, the main dude could kind of be. Yeah, that, that's actually that's good. That's a pretty good David Faderman. Yeah. And Madison Eisman could play Veronica. Yeah. Maybe. None of the other ones are frumpy enough to play Sarah. Not that Sarah's frumpy, but it's just like they're all TV hot. You can get a million people to play Sarah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You can you just you just round out your casts of, of Euphorias and uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Any of the teen shows that are going on right now. Do you have an idea? Like, who would direct it? Um, yeah. Or a movie that it would feel like? It would... Pr- it would probably, I, I mean, like, I kept thinking of, like, you know, not, sort of like these 90s college thrillers, like Swim Fan. Or, Is Josh uh, Hartnett in that? No, um, Jesse. Uh, the Body Ventura? Jesse Bradford is in it. Jesse oh. the Body Ventura is in it, too. He plays Jesse Bradford's dad. Sherry Appleby's in that one. Hey, Sherry. I don't know who that is. But it's like, you know, all those, uh, yeah, I know what you did last summer, Scream, because, like, I when, when I was reading this book, I was thinking of it as a thriller. Or, like, um... There's that movie, The Roommate, with uh, 
Minka Kelly and Leighton Meester. Mm, okay. Um, and it felt felt like along along those lines. Like uh, years ago, Leighton Meester, Blake Li- Blake Lively would have been a perfect Veronica. Actually. Oh yeah. Um, she's probably like ten years too old for that now. She's probably like what close to forty. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think you know. I think another thing that we sort of sometimes talk about sometimes that I think this is a very easily adaptable. Sure. Yeah. I Cause think so it's, too. it's grounded and like you could, you would get away with voiceover. Like I know the voiceover is sometimes in a script and screenplay or in a movie is lazy, but I think it would work here. Yeah. It, Cause in the TV show, you it's all voiceover and it's kind of annoying, but also like you're in the head of a psychopath, which is kind of why it works. I mean, it's just trash. Like I, I don't really recommend you. People love you. I'm not going to watch it. People do love me though. Shred. Shred. Do you want to call Matt? It's seven o'clock on the on a week. I don't, I don't find the cover of this book to be anything particularly. It's basically the Harvard crest with the word loner and then a novel. Well, a maybe I don't know, who knows, but novel is backwards. But it's not inverted letters. It's literally. But that's how he wants to do it, right? Yeah. He talks about how he wants to write that paper backwards, like his so, you can hold, so you can hold it up to the mirror. And then his uh, like advisor or something is like, that's a little much. When Chuck Palahniuk re- put out Invisible Monsters Remix, do you know about this or no? Uh, yeah, a little bit. So Invisible Monsters was, probably still is my favorite of his books, but he put out Remix where it's like, you can read these in any order, the chapters in any order, just all over the place. But like there's chapters that he like did that in, because I think he wanted to do in the original print and they're like, don't do that. And I'm like, this is so cool. I'm like, this is actually real annoying because like, I had to literally go to, because like, before smartphones, so I was like had to like go to a, my mirror and like read them just like, because you do it on a, on a smartphone, you take a picture, and you just flop it, right? And, like, you just flip horizontal. But, like, I'm like, this is so oh, so annoying. I thought it was so cool. It's so annoying. <laughs> Chuck yeah. Palahniuk module coming up soon, reading all his stuff. Uh, I don't think so, but We we'll can see some of his early stuff. I think, like, Lullaby, maybe, but who knows? We'll see. Probably not. <laughs> on Twitter, at LotteryPod, Patreon.com slash LotteryPod, Lottery at CageClub.me. And please, whatever you do, keep reading. <laughs> Uh, today's crime is skateboarding. I'm